Thank you for downloading Fearless in Devotion, a podcast all about Wrexham AFC. Here they come, our mighty champions, raise your voices to the anthem, marching with our mighty army, Wrexham is the name, Fearless in Devotion. Hello, Christ on all. This is uh, the Fearless in Devotion podcast sponsored by the Fat Boar Bar and Restaurant, of course. It's a big one this week. But before we get to that good stuff, uh, how about we uh, sort of round up um, this week's news? No game for us this weekend, but I'd say it was a pretty good weekend on the pitch, Liam. Yeah, as the as the results uh, came rolling, there was a few late goals here and there, but most teams... Around us dropped points um, yesterday. I, d- I haven't got the actual uh, <laughs> the actual uh, results to hand, but well, I think it wasn't it County. Who else lost points? Chesterfield drew. So County, Solihull, and Chesterfield all dropped points. I think that's a decent result. Although Stockport continued their march, Tim. Yes, they did. And if they win all the games, then you'd have to say hats off to them. Well done on winning the title. Well deserved. But they've got to get to their running. If they win, if they win all our games comfortably, you know, fair play. But yeah, they're, they're grinding it out, and but I don't think it's cut and dried. There's lots of twists and turns, and it's going to be interesting. So buckle up, basically. Mm. Now, England C. That's that. I, I forgot that was a thing, and that's reared its head again. Uh, Andy, with some of our players called up, uh, what do you think? Should they be playing? I think I think Hayden and Tozer would want to play. It's a chance to represent England, isn't it? Mm. I would I would I would sort of think that that would be that would be something that that they would push to want to do. I'm not sure about Mullin, especially because isn't he Welsh now, or doesn't he want to be Welsh? I know he can't play for the Wales team, the Wales C team, because he has to be in the Welsh Premier. But if he is trying to get a full international caller does he really yeah. want to play for an England C team I don't even know if you play for an England this is unprecedented but can you actually play for a full international team if you play for a C team well does it but also does it invalidate you know your nationality if he can he do yeah that's both? what I was going to say yeah, yeah. Are, you, do, do you, are you sort of striped as, as English if you play for that yeah because they have it in rugby don't they they have capture Laws, which like if you play for the under twenties or the under eighteens, you are that is your nationality. Then basically, someone said there was an England C player who did go on to play for Wales, but the names escaped me off the top of my head. Thomas. There we go. Oh, there we go. So there is a precedent then. So he might he, do he, it. He didn't play. He was play, he, he was announced in that squad, but he never played for the England C. I don't think, but obviously full Welsh international. Um. It's a weird one. It just—it was always going to be bad timing anyway. So when we realised what the date of it was, I thought there's a possibility that we're going to get caught up. And to be honest, it could have been more. You know, Cleworth. Why wasn't not... Leighton called up? Well, Leighton exactly. Leighton as well. Cleworth is not eligible to play for Wales, so he could have easily got an England call up as well. I, I just—I I mean, it's one of those. It's you know, if the players want to play it. Then fine. I think it just—it's just going to be a really bad one if one or both or all get injured or whatever, and it just derails it. It's such a massively crucial point of the season. And as for the Mullin thing, it just—I don't know. It's—it's it's great because he's—he's earned even more sort of 
credibility and kudos with the fans by saying, yeah, I want to play for Wales, um, stick a Welsh flag on my mug, blah, 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 only to, to end up playing for it. I, I just don't see happening. I mean, we all, we, all want, we, want, we all want our players to represent their country of birth. That's what we've been crying out for for ages. Just, it's the, t- the timing's a bit crappy. Um, but, you know, it'll be down to the players, I assume, unless, unless Parky pulls rank and says, you're not doing it, which is unlikely. Well, we shall see. I think it's between the Dover and Weymouth games, so at least they're not big games. But let's... Uh, Every game is massive now. Yeah. I mean, granted, Dover, Dover's a gimme. If Barnett can stick six past them, then anybody can. Um, Weymouth yeah. don't know. I mean, it, it, it won't be Weymouth. If we if we beat Nuts County and we get through to the semis, it'll be the FA Trophy game. It won't be Weymouth. So, you know, mm. is that then crucial? Because you're, you're two games away from Wembley. So... Hmm. Lots, to, lots to consider right then on to the big stuff Andy tell us what's happened over the pond the other night yeah there was a, a, a St David's Day was uh, was last week and in, in LA they do things differently so four days later they had a drinks reception in, in a trendy hotel and their guest of honour was a certain Rob McEl- oh I've said his name wrong <laughs> was a certain Rob McElhenney um, and also, we had our spies there. We had spies. a mole, yeah, who managed to get us a few words from the great man. We managed to uh, get a few questions to him. Now, they weren't the exact questions that we got to him. There was a bit of <laughs> loss in translation, but, but they still worked. They still worked, and we still got some some, some good answers. So, um, what we're going to do now is we're going to. Uh, I'll I'll tell you what questions we asked, and Rob's going to answer, and then we'll discuss what he said. Cool, let's go. What was the first question? The first question is, it's been a year now since you took over the club with many great strides off and on the pitch. What the, What's the main thing you've learned since becoming involved? Well, the number one thing um, is, you know, Ryan and I approached this from the very beginning, recognizing that, um, you know, the word owner gets thrown around a lot in sports. And one of the things we were uh, very clear about from the very beginning with each other and then um, and tried to be as, as public as possible is that we, we can't possibly own this club. Um, we are simply the stewards of this club. We're we're finding it 160 years uh, after its birth, and hopefully the club will be around for another 500 years. So the one thing that we've definitely learned is that the most important thing is for us to leave the club better than, than when we found it. I mean, Rob has sort of suggested this before, but he the fact that he keeps stressing it shows that he's doesn't see himself as any sort of tyrannical owner who will come in and say, look, this is what happens. It's my way or the highway, which you see up and down every, every other, you know, every other club. It, he wants it to be collaborative. He wants us, he wants to leave us in a better position than, than where he found us. So, you know, hats off to him. It's, 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 it's refreshing that he keeps underlining this message. He's not just saying it once and, and then hoping it sweeps under the carpet. He keeps saying the same thing. And so he, you know, he knows that he can't go back on this now. He has to, he has to be the steward who, who sort of drives us forward. Too many thoughts. Um, if we go bust in the year 2,522, we know who to blame, I guess. Um, but then, <laughs> on a serious note, it's, it's nice that, you know, that he's not lost sight of, 
for what the the aim is, what the what the sort of wider picture is, and it's just it's just nice that he still speaks so passionately about the club. You know, I know it's a year down the track, and and and, and he's only visited once, but it's it's been well documented that everybody feels that Rob is the main investor in terms from an emotional standpoint, maybe out of them both. Bizarre. I, I don't know how true that is, but he definitely is, is, is bought into it. And it's just it's just great to hear that he's so passionate about it. And yeah, it's just it's still it's still weird, isn't it? It's still very, very odd. But it's it's just nice that that, you know, ultimately whenever they do decide to to depart the club, they're gonna leave it in, in a far better condition than what it was, which wasn't going to be hard, but even so it it makes you uh, it allows your mind to sort of wonder as to where we are gonna gonna end up under them. It's exciting. Now you mentioned being a steward of the club, which he's obviously mentioned before, um, but he is ultimately still responsible, of course, for what happens. And there have been a couple of um, things recently, one issue in particular with season tickets. Liam, I think you're affected by that, aren't you? I'm not, no, but um, I'm not far away, too far away from the people that are, and that's essentially that their season tickets won't be available next year. I think there's around 200 people affected. Um, the club said it's due to a mixture of things, not least corporate hospitality being one, um, media and broadcasting requirements, which are not clear what those are, and segregation in um, some areas. Now, clearly that's not gotten down too well with those affected because I, th- I think mainly because it's come quite out of the blue for them. They've essentially gone to renew and then, oh, look, you, you can't have your your seat that you might have had in some cases for, well, Mold Road stands, what, about 25 years old now, something like that? So I can understand why people would be, would be frustrated. I think the corporate hospitality things, perhaps the thing that's rankled the most, uh, you know, being replaced by the prawn sandwich <laughs> brigade is the, the, the thing that's been mentioned a lot. I think it's just, I think it's, comes down to something we've touched on before on this podcast, which is about, you know, communication and doing things in, you know, in the right way. I think it's about having, I think, you know, Rob's sincerity is there for all to see, but I think sometimes you wonder if there's got to be a bit of a better trickle down of that, of that message and their aims to the people who are actually running the show on the ground. The actual, is there a prawn sandwich brigade, you know, is my first question because a lot of the times you, you see those those tables from Expedia and, and TikTok and they're not being used. So are we are we moving a section away that won't actually be utilized at the moment? Or is there a better plan for that when we're in when we're in, you know, hopefully in the football league next season? I mean the next thing is yes, you know, Rob is the steward of our club and he has picked people to run the club. Now, the people who run the club are making hard faced business decisions. And they are making decisions that they feel they need to to move this club forward. And that might be displacing some fans to get the corporate allotment in, which actually makes us the money. Well, you know, I can understand that to a certain degree. Again, what Liam was saying, it would be nicer if they took these guys to one side before they said, come on, renew automatically on your on your email. They don't have to do it publicly. They don't have to say you know, they just need to sort of say, right, these are the 200 people affected. Let's get on the phones. Let's just talk to them now. And you can head this problem off at the past. You can say, look, we've got you a new area somewhere else. Or, you know, what do you want to do? We can, oh, you get we first can dibs. Yeah. 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 You get first dibs in the center of the cop. 
you know, you can have these at reduced rate or something like that. And you, you, this problem is headed off at the pass. And I think that's where there was a little bit of an own goal. Our second question that our spy managed to ask, the spy whose identity obviously we're protecting, what was that second question? Um, so the second question was, how is your relationship with Ryan developed since the takeover? And that was sort of really touching on, you know, the sort of emotional pictures of them both together on the race course turf. That's the sort of first time where they sort of really got onto it. And they, they both looked a bit teary-eyed. So we just sort of just sort of asking how, how their sort of relationship has, has really come on. I mean, it's been incredible. I mean, just over the, the entire endeavor, um, you know, my relationship with the club itself, um, as we've gotten closer and closer, um, Ryan and I have gotten closer and closer. And, and the truth is, like, you know, I probably text with him three times a week if I don't see him. And we catch up. I'll, I'll be talking to him tomorrow. And it's just great to have a really a, a, a good friend like that. I mean, it's it's good that they haven't fallen out over Paul Mullins' second red card of the season or or anything or anything like that. But you know, we need these two guys to work in tandem. I mean, they both both bring in so much good marketing opportunities for us, and it's good that they're still talking quite closely about this as a as a business venture. I think when it was revealed that they hadn't really known each other for too long. Um, before this venture that was a, a bit of a surprise um i can't remember exactly when that came out but i remember thinking like oh christ i mean it's great great that they've both taken us on but the fact that they both you know not long got to know each other but it, it's turning into quite a nice uh sort of hollywood bromance story isn't it and the scenes on the on the pitch were actually quite touching emotionally so no i quite i quite i quite like the different dynamics as well i think I'm glad we asked that via our spy because it's, um, yeah, it's an interesting dynamic between the two. It's kind of reassuring as well, you know, whichever way you look at it. It's, it's from, from those on the outside looking in, I've got you know, the, all the cynics are saying, oh, they'll, they'll get bored eventually, blah, blah, blah. But you can see that they're fostering something special at the club and between themselves. It's, it's a business that they're taking on unlike anything they've ever ever had before. They want to try and get, they're not going to get everything right, but they're trying to make sure that they get most things right. And then if they leave behind a legacy where they got most things right, then everybody will be happy, including them. And so far, so good. What's reassuring as well is, you know, is the stuff that we've heard from Ryan. That, that was actually the thing that maybe the most convinced that it was a really that they kind of got it was when Ryan has been asked about sort of what's it like for watching and that kind of thing. And he says, it's horrible, but that means that they're into it. They are invested in it. And that's what football does to you. You know, it's what sport does to you, but football in particular, I think. And, you know, listeners who listen to that episode one of this podcast will know that my reason for supporting Wrexham is, is as tenuous as they come. Uh, and yet when you've, when, when you, when you've got your team, at the age of seven or eight or nine or however old I was, that is it. And it doesn't matter what, the, what how tenuous your connections are. That's your team. And it's great that Rob and Ryan clearly are already proper in, in that way as well, which is great. Anyway, question three. Slight caveat on this one. So the exact question um, was, how excited are you for the proposed new COP development, especially as you'll be helping to create a real stadium of the North for generations to come? Now, the slight caveat is the word cop wasn't wasn't used. That's a little bit where it was lost in translation. So it was just how excited are you about creating a stadium for the North? Uh, and so, you know, 
Rob did his best with what we asked. Well, we're definitely not creating a new stadium, but one of the things that we're, we're doing with the race course ground, which is the, which is the oldest international football stadium in the world, we're, we're treating uh, the renovation more like a restoration uh, of a work of art. We, we can't uh, walk in and, and demolish hollow ground. Our, our job is to make sure that we're keeping sacrosanct the, um, the, the spirit of, of what that stadium is and what it's meant to generations of people. Well, it's good that he's not taking credit for something that's not his. So he's, he, they, they seem quite, uh, you know, it's a, it's a down-to-earth answer. So that's good. Yeah, this is collaborative. The, the, the cop it isn't just Ryan Reynolds and, and Rob putting a load of cash in. I mean, you've got to get... You've got to get the UK government on side. You've got to get the local council on side. You'd hope the Welsh FA are buying into it a little bit. So, yeah. But what they are doing is they've got the power to facilitate this, to really say to the council, look, you know, if you can give us a little bit, we can maybe find a little bit as well. And we can push this process on, which had been stalling for years. We've been trying to get a stadium in the north. We've been trying to get the Welsh government to help us pay for for something that would service half a country and it wasn't wasn't happening. Now, I think with increased interest, with the publicity and the profile we have, there's a lot better chance that this will happen. Yep, it comes back to, to what I said a minute ago about legacy. You know, finally, I mean, how many years has the COP been on news for now? 12 years, I want to say maybe, maybe that, maybe longer. But for them to get that, that COP end done under their stewardship... It'll be amazing. It'll, it'll change everything. It'll change the dynamic of the ground as well. I mean, we all, I mean, most of us have experienced what it was like with the four-sided ground and the atmosphere it, it sort of generated. So it's massive, not just not just the cop end, but the, all the sort of regeneration work around it. So obviously you can't say a lot about it at the moment, but the commitment to to kind of re, sort of reinvigorate that area is uh, is clear to see. I think there's quite an em- emotional element to it as well because for so long you know like like many people my first match was was on the cop but for so long I've just not believed that it's actually going to happen and I've said I won't believe that until you know the first spade goes in the ground but it does feel tantalizingly close now I'm interested to see what all those those little touches will be you know when it goes in will there be some nods to our history you know a little walk through pictures of you know players past and present fans etc um it's those sort of things which i think make a stadium and make a you know a new stand so i can't wait to see it to be honest the joey jones cop come on it's got to be isn't it yeah i'd like that tim shaking his head oh yeah. tim hates joey jones no i don't um, i love joey jones off the press I, I just think um the cop for me is is about jacko because he made that cop in terms of generating the noise. Um, rest in peace. But yeah, I think if, if not named after him, then then hopefully, like Liam said, with, with the pictures and the memorials and stuff, there'll be some sort of tribute to him. It would be nice. But yeah, Joey will have recognition as well. But there's, there's loads of people that deserve recognition. Um, so yeah, hopefully it'll be... It'll be something that the, the fans are uh, consulted upon as well before that decision is made, similar to what happened with Collies Park. The Ryan Valentine cop. <laughs> the Ryan Valentine brutality suite in the back of the cop. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Okay, Andy, next question. 
Yep, we asked Rob, um, he's a big supporter of the Welsh language, what was his favourite word or phrase and do you ever use it in real life? Wow. Um, the Welsh language is really beautiful and really difficult. Um, I would say thus far my favourite word is the name of a town. It's the longest town name that I've ever heard of. I think it's the longest town name in all of Western Europe. And if there's one in Eastern Europe or in North America, I haven't heard it. And I'm going to try and pronounce it correctly for you. I'd say that's my favorite word so far. And you use it? I use it as often as I possibly can. It took me so long to learn how to say it. I'm going to say it publicly as often as I possibly can. Reese, did he say it right? He did. It's, it's actually incredibly good. And the only thing I would say is as a... Uh, Welshman, or just, uh, not just a Welsh speaker, but just a Welshman who, who lived in England for a few years. You know, I detested that town name. You just get asked to say it all the time. But I think we can forgive Rob for doing it because it is genuinely impressive. And he just so he just looks so happy when, when he answers it. He's obviously so delighted that he's achieved this new party trick. So good for you, Rob. I think it's one element that I hadn't actually um, expected from the, the takeover is that it would have some form of impact on... You know, the Welsh language because it, it, you know, it, it has raised raised the profile a bit. Um, you know, the, whenever Rob mentions it, gets used on you know outlets like Nation Cymru. It does seem to make an you know an impression abroad as well. It it touches on something within me as well because I often feel a, a slight bit of guilt that my ability to speak Welsh is essentially GCSE short course, which is which is crap <laughs> to put it bluntly. And uh, yeah, it makes me think if. If Rob McElhenney can do it, then you know maybe more of us should make the effort. Yeah, you should feel no guilt though, mate. It's not uh, it's pure pure luck that I can. I got sent to Welsh school. Uh, I tried to learn French uh, by via CD on numerous occasions and failed dismally every time. So anyone anyone who learns a language at, after school blows my mind. I think it's an incredible achievement. But anyway, we've got a bit more on the Welshness and the with a chat with Maxine. Just a quick five minutes, haven't we? Um, so we'll hear more on that. But before that, let's go on to the next question. Yeah, quite straightforward. When will we see you back in Wales? And is there a place you haven't visited that you'd really like to go? Oh, yeah. So we haven't been to the south of Wales at all. Um, we've spent all of our time in the north. Um, and that is where we're going to spend our time when we go back there, hopefully um, for the promotion day or uh, when the playoffs begin. So we'll be there sometime in May or June. One thing I would say about this, does does Rob actually know it takes four and a half hours to get from the north <laughs> to the south? Because he's going to get, I know he could probably afford a, a, a chopper, but he's going to get a rude awakening if he wants an Arriva Wales cha- train. <laughs> Because transport you know, for not... Wales, Andrew. Transport for oh, Wales. Back in house. <laughs> also, if he does have a chopper and he's flying from a chopper, <laughs> who are you, Arnold Swanson? <laughs> <laughs> Andy said it. If, if 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 he does have an Apache gunship and he's going to be going up um, <laughs> from Swansea or Cardiff to Wrexham, please can I have a lift? Because if you could save me those three and a half, four interminable hours on uh, that um, Milford Haven to Manchester Piccadilly line, that would be, uh, I'd be extremely grateful. Um, but cool that he's, you know, it's, it's clear now they're coming back for the end of the season, aren't they? In, you know, I think Ryan said something similar recently, didn't he? It depends where we finish up, doesn't it? I think if it looks like we could win the title, there'll be a game where we could maybe win it, they'll be there. 
if it's going to be the playoffs. That's going to be interesting because are they going to come for the first playoff game and stay all the way through? Because that could be that could be ten days, couldn't it? Yeah, but if we finish second or third, oh, we, it's, it's within like isn't, isn't it within like four days? It's basically you play on the Tuesday yeah. and you play on the the final on the Saturday, I think. Why are they okay. going to South Wales though? I mean, I, I, I wouldn't recommend it personally. You know, no, you don't need to leave Wrexham County Borough as far I mean, as I'm concerned. South Wales is full of arrogant, isn't it? <laughs> I'm going to beat that out. <laughs> Not the second word, just the first one. Uh, anyway. <laughs> we need to beep all that out for Danny Ward part two. Otherwise, any Wales fans are not going to listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right, anyway, yeah, great to hear that they're obviously planning to come back. And I think, um, well, it'd be very exciting if it was a uh, for a for a title-winning game, wouldn't it? But, uh, yeah, anyway, what was the, I think we had one last question, didn't we, Andy? We did. It was a very simple one. Um, are you hopeful that Philadelphia friendly may happen this summer? 100%. I'm not saying it's guaranteed going to happen, but I'm 100% excited about the possibility. Great. Thank you so much. Yes. Now, can I just say... I know what you're about to say. I know what you're about to say. This is about the eyebrow raise, isn't it? Yeah, I was about to say, (laughs) I'm watching these clips as they're being played, right? And there's a very, very clear raising of the eyebrow after that, I hope. And it's like, uh, it's happening. Yeah, there's a twinkle in his eye that says COVID will not defeat us this year. And we can't wait to welcome well over a thousand Mexican fans to Philadelphia for that game. It's going to be amazing if that goes ahead. Well, when it goes ahead. Definitely. You know, when um, when Humphrey said a couple of weeks ago that sometimes you have to rein Rob in, I think this is an occasion where Rob reined himself in because his answer <laughs> was straight away, yeah, let's go do it, yeah, brilliant. And he went, oh, whoa, whoa, I can't say 100%. So he reined himself in a little bit. But if it's at all possible, that'll happen this summer. I'm sort of world I'm living in where Wrexham can play Philadelphia away in a friendly and then six months later, Wales could play in a World Cup in Qatar. It's mental. I'm actually wearing my Philadelphia Eagles uh, hoodie today because I'm a massive bandwagon jumper and I actually have no clue about American football. But um, I might have to get a bank loan or get a new credit card so uh, I can pay for that for that trip to Philadelphia in the summer. I don't think I can go. I'll be on my honeymoon. Go to Philadelphia for you. I know, it's, but it's already booked. It's free cancellation, mind. So sit, sit down, watch Rocky. It's a lot we could go. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like <laughs> and celebrate the top. And while we're here, oh look, there's somebody. Yeah, there. oh, there's a game on. I have Philadelphia Union in my second. My God, they're playing Wrexham. I have a um, Philadelphia Union scarf. You can borrow it. And go look. I've there we go. It's gonna be. It's gonna be August, isn't it? Probably. Uh, August. No, no July. Oh, sorry. No, it'll be July, won't it? July, won't it? Yeah. Oh, okay. That may be a possibility then. We'll Possibility see. of Beckham's Miami lot getting involved or Ferrell's LA lot. And the possibilities, ridiculous. Now, we very quickly had a word with someone who was at the event the other night. Just a very quick five minutes um, with uh, someone who you've all heard from on the podcast before. So we're here with a friend of the podcast, Maxine, and uh, you, you look a bit tanned. Have you been somewhere sunny? 
<laughs> well, I uh, yeah, I was very lucky. I got a few days in in Los Angeles this week, which is always a pleasure, especially during the winter because it can get pretty cold in Washington DC. Did you meet any stars out there? I may have met a couple. Um, caught up with uh, <laughs> with my <laughs> caught up with my old friend Rob, who has been doing extremely well with his Welsh. Uh, the Welsh government held an event on Friday, uh, on Friday, March the 4th, to celebrate St. David's Day. And they use the event to, uh, to celebrate Wrexham, which is the first time they've done an event like this. They usually do an event every year. Um, mm. It's usually held in, um, uh, on the East Coast because that tends to be where, um, you know, the Welsh community in America live. Uh, so this year they decided to do something different. They wanted to do a, a rather glamorous event in, in Hollywood. Um, and uh, the idea was really to bring together people from the sports worlds, uh, from the creative industries, you know, Welsh people from across America and celebrate everything Welsh and also celebrate, you know, what Wrexham has done in terms of, uh, in terms of raising the profile of Wales and, and, and the Welsh language. I saw a bit on Twitter, a, a speech uh, I think you put on that, that Robert was doing. He, he seemed, he, he gets it, doesn't he? He just, he just, every, every time he talks about Wales and Wrexham, it's with such passion. Yeah, I mean... Look, I think as he talked about, you know, when he when he spoke to everybody at, at this event, um, it started off obviously as a as a, a football story, you know, um, and I think quite quickly he realised that um, it was something much more than that. You know, it's a much bigger movement, and you know, he he realised that uh, he was, you know, very quickly becoming kind of an ambassador for Wales. I mean, him and Ryan obviously both are, and. I think Rob particularly has really taken that on board. Um, you know, his his interest in, in learning the Welsh language is genuine. Um, you know, he he talked to to the audience on Friday night about about how um, you know growing up in Pennsylvania in Philadelphia, you know, he noticed all these uh, Welsh names everywhere, and you know, he didn't really know they were from mm. Wales. At the, you know, he didn't know they were Welsh at the time. And you know, when he first went to to Wales um, in November, he uh, you know, he looked out at Wrexham and he saw a place that was really similar to him that was like the place that he grew up. So he just feels a real connection. Um, and, and I agree with him, you know, you know, I, we only live a couple of hours from Philadelphia and, and it's true, you know, there's a, there was a huge community of, of Welsh people that came over here to work in the mines. You know, there are a lot of Welsh names and there, there really is a similarity in the landscape and the people, the pride. Um, so I think it's something that was very natural for him. Um, and you know, he, he's, he's obviously got an affinity for languages. Um, and he, you know, rightly so has realized that learning the Welsh language is something that is really important for, for us and for him in terms of understanding the culture, you know, he says you can't understand a, a culture and, and a society without learning the language. And that's what he's doing. And he talks about how uh, well his Welsh was doing. I think you mentioned in your piece that he sort of opened his bit in a couple of sentences in Welsh. We all know how difficult it is. Uh, and you and I as well, Maxine, probably as people, maybe you've not uh, spoken Welsh. If you've got a, you know, you went abroad, you probably didn't speak Welsh. You have to work quite hard to keep on top of it then, don't you, sometimes? Oh, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's the practicing, yeah. It's the practicing it for Rob now, isn't it? It's just the more he speaks, the better. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I know only too well. I, obviously, I live in America. Everybody around me speaks English, <laughs> Spanish sometimes, but, you know, never Welsh. And, you know, when you're only speaking to your to your eight and four year old children in Welsh, you, you know, your vocabulary is certainly not getting a, an extensive, uh, extensive practice. But, uh, you know, it is a, it is a um, it is a struggle. Um, it is an effort. Uh, and and he is he's making that effort. So he stood up and, you know, he stood up in front of a lot of people, uh, Welsh speakers included, uh, you know, TV cameras, uh, the media. And he, and he spoke in Welsh without script, you know, and, and I just think that's uh, incredible. You know, um, he opened with a few words, uh, but sentences, you know, he's putting sentences together. Yeah. Um, delivered them well uh and you know the crowd loved it they were cheering every time he said something Welsh, you know they cheered he he ended his speech um uh saying cumbrian bith which obviously everybody went went crazy for and then you know he he led everybody in in welsh song too so you know it's brilliant there's never been as far as i know and and remember there's never been a platform like this for the welsh language that is reaching so many people around the world and he's really making Welsh cool, you know, and that's something that I think is, is such a is such a great thing for the language. And is it, this is all going to be in the documentary, I assume, Maxine, is it? I know you can't say too much, but they were, they were, they were filming for the documentary there as well, weren't they, I think? The, the Welcome to Wrexham uh, team were there. Yep, they were mm-hmm. they were filming. So I'm sure, uh, you know, they, they captured all, all that as well. And obviously yeah. they've been capturing everything the, the whole way along. Wicked, yeah. Rob will just have to move to Wrexham to practice more. That's all. Uh, well, he's definitely he's definitely looking forward to his next trip to Wrexham. So, um, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm sure when he comes next time, he'll have even more Welsh to speak. And uh, and I, I know he wants to get out about in Wrexham and and the, the local area and, and meet more people. Excellent. Did uh, did you and Rob manage to have any Wrexham lagers during the uh, the reception? <laughs> Do you know what they didn't serve Wrexham lager at, at this reception? Uh, but uh, we definitely had a drink. Oh, great. <laughs> I, I know you sort of came into this project uh, uh, probably about a year ago now. Well, well, how do, I've just read your piece on BBC Wales. I think you're all starting to fall for the club a little bit. Ah, uh, look, it, it's something very personal for me. I, you know, I grew up in Conway, um, but my, my dad's family, my dad's from Wrexham, my dad's family from Wrexham. Um, and, you know, his, his dad is my grandfather's family from Wrexham. Um, and, uh, we didn't spend a lot of time there because he died by the time I, I was born, um, my grandfather. So we didn't spend a lot of time there, but my dad would speak about Wrexham all the time. Uh, and over the years, you know, when I started working in journalism, I would go to Wrexham to work here and there. And, you know, I started to get to know the area a little bit. Um, but it was always a part of me that I kind of felt like, um, I, you know, I missed that I, I didn't really get to know enough. So for me, it's been a way to really reconnect um, and to connect and learn about a part of my own family history and life and culture, you know? Um, so it is important. Um, and, you know, I also think, you know, I've, I've always taken part in sport myself. Um, I think sports are, you know, incredible thing for children to do and also for communities. And, you know, I, I think North Wales needs, a, it needs a team, you know, I'm from North Wales. I, I want to put North Wales on the map at every opportunity I can. And, you know, I think it's really important for us in North Wales to have a team that we can all get behind and, you know, I want my kids, you know, they, they're growing, growing up in America, but, you know, my son, you're always wearing a Wrexham shirt every other day now. He's got, he's got all the kits, so he's constantly wearing Wrexham shirts. And uh, they had, a, they had a, day, a day at school the other day where they all had to come in um, something that was meaningful to them. So my son, you went to school with a Wrexham shirt on. So I was, I was really proud about that. As a South William, because I think... You know, that must, that, that's clearly a sense when you get when you speak to North Wales, isn't it? Is that so often Welshness 
is actually kind of South Welshness. And so this does seem like a uniquely North Wales thing to get behind sort of for the first time in a while, I think, on a global scale, certainly. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think that we've, you know, there has been a, a gap in, in in that, you know, being able to really emotionally, passionately get behind something. <clears throat> you know, obviously Wrexham, you know, Wrexham Football Club's always been there. But I think for people across North Wales, you know, maybe on the coast, like places like Conway, Llandidno, you know, down the valleys, you know, it hasn't been obvious to us that that's our team. And now it's becoming really obvious, you know, that's our North Wales team. And, you know, it's a gateway to, to, to you know, bigger things in, in, in football as well for players. You know, I know that um, that Robin Ryan and Fleur and, and, um, and hopefully have got big aspirations in terms of the academy and, and, and growing Welsh sport, which, you know, is a is a priority for for everybody. It's priority for for FA for the FA. It's priority for the Welsh government. So I think it's brilliant. You know, it's great that we've got this club now that is so um, so much part of North Wales, a part of of the local community of Wrexham. You know, and 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 youth. You know, and 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 bringing bringing football and, and pushing Welsh football onto another level. Thanks again to Maxine. Uh, great insight there. Um, Andy, prediction time. So uh, just a little disclaimer, Kings Lane, uh, obviously I wasn't here for last week's podcast. Now, everyone says that they went 2-0. Uh, I said I went 2-0 as well, but that's not true. <laughs> I went 4-1. Um, <clears throat> so we will leave that totting up till next week when I can listen back and find out what you actually did all say. So we've got Boreham Wood on Tuesday, and then we've got Knox County on Friday. Liam, do you want to go first? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm still trying to decide on Bournemouth because they're quite well, well, from looking at it, they're pretty well rested. Um, they haven't played that many games yeah, between the FA Cup and one thing or another. 2-1 oh, Wrexham. 2-1 Wrexham. I sense you were being facetious there, Liam. Why? Well, obviously they played Thursday, they played Saturday, they're going to play Tuesday. Well, I know, but that, that's what that's what you get, isn't it? If you if you prioritise the FA Cup, we clearly didn't want to, so that's a different matter. Um, and then Friday we've got Notts County, haven't we? Are we doing that now? Yeah, let's do it. One nil, Wrexham. Wow, what has happened to you and your sort of? scurrilous thinking that Wrexham was going to win. Tim, do you want to go next? All the way from Lanzarote? All the way from sunny Lanza. I'll be back for Tuesday. Happy days. I'm going to go for a 2-0 win um, just because yeah, why not? 2-0 Palmer double and then Friday in the FA Trophy quarter finals. Oh, it's a weird one because I think he's going to have to mess it up. I just I don't know how many changes he'll make, but I think he's gonna he's gonna mix it up. Um, we owe him. We owe him. Um, I think it'll be two one. I think we'll win two one. Great, take that. Um, I'll go next. So I do think we're going to build 
uh, beat Boreham Wood. I think it's going to be 3-1. I think they're going to be leggy. I think it's going to be one one each for quite a while. But then last 20 minutes, I think our superior fitness and the fact we haven't played on Saturday will actually go in our favour for one time. So Notts County, I think it's going to be one each after extra time. And I think we're going to win 5-4 in penalties. If that happens, I want 10 points. Reese, bring up the rear. Yeah, I think that's fair enough, by the way. Um, Boreham Wood, I got this horrible feeling about it. I think it's um, football manager. You know, you know when you play football manager and you've got, you, you sometimes get like a back-to-back cup league game and you always like win one and lose the other. It just always happens um, against the same team. Uh, and I just think we beat them so comfortably at home. Obviously, we sponsored the match, which was lovely. Great day out. Um, I just think we're going to struggle. But I'll, put, I'll say one all. I'll go a bit different. That's all right. Yeah. Um, Notts County, uh, oh, controversial opinion. I just do not want to proceed in the FA Trophy. I think even though we got don't to... You, don't you really? No. I'll t- can I tell you, can I explain why this year? Yeah, I, go on. Usually I do. I'm not anti-trophy. Because you're on honeymoon. No, it's not. It's not. That's not the reason. How long's your honeymoon? <laughs> it's because, but it is related to dates. Because because the final is like a week before or a week and a half before the playoffs. I just think it's a massive distraction. Usually when we won it, it was in March. Yeah? Yeah. And then we, a couple of months go by and you're on the playoffs. With this, the season's going to end. We're going to be looking for a playoff. We're going to, let's say we get the playoffs. Hang on, we've got a massive final against Stockport in, in Wembley the, the, the day, three days before we're playing Halifax away. I'm like, what? I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm just not convinced. It's for some reason this year is on the 22nd of May, which I just think is a bad idea. Do you think they're going to be such a celebration where we win it in the Holt Lodge that someone's going to end up in a wheelbarrow and then, and then that'll be it for the playoffs? Exactly. So Paul Money's going to break his leg in some escapades doing our uh, celebrating winning the FA trophy against, you know, North Ferriby United seconds or something. Um, anyway, uh, not County away on that note. I'm going to hope that we lose. I'm not going to hope that we lose. I can't do that, but I'm, I think Notts County will do us. They seem to have, they seem to have got the better of us. You know, they are struggling at the moment. I'll say they'll beat us two one. There is Fair retro retrospect, retrospect. I can't even say it. Retrospective confirmation that Reese Williams Enjoyed his three-course meal for the Fearless and Devotion-sponsored FA Trophy game. Couldn't have given a rat's ass at the final. <laughs> there we are. I was delighted we beat Boreham Woods because I think psychologically that was good. But I, I, the players are listening to this guy. They're going all away. And I qualify everything. I qualify everything I just said by saying we should be going to win every game now. There's, you know, I, I'm not saying don't do that. I just have got this horrible, horrible sense looming in my mind of we're going to have two Wembley dates within ten days. We'll win the trophy and lose the, I uh, lose the playoffs. The Wembley, sorry, yeah. sorry to leave you all with that thought. By the way, the Wembley has not been confirmed as the, as the. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you're right. The final. Oh, what? Exactly. So it could be one could be at Villa Park, one could be at Wembley. Then you get Ryansey. That would be better. If that's the case, I think we'll win them both. You take it all back. I take it all back. Right, anyway. <laughs> anyway, let me stop taking it home for myself. Uh, thank you very much for listening, and we'll speak to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. See you. See you.